Yo, P. Day ready. It's the new swag, baby. Woke up this morning and I told myself, not gonna worry about what I cannot help. People dying innocently, hate is spreading rapidly. I'm not talking apathy, but some things God's gotta work. Whoa, he's gotta Scott stepped out for a minute, uh, yeah, 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 hour. I'm sorry. And then I walk with my little man. Now, anyway, we're going to launch with the Zerbeck Super Commerce on a beautiful, beautiful Labor Day weekend in St. Louis. My name is Aaron Fox, your host, Chris, along with Scott Revel Level now. How you doing, Rev? Fine. Life is good, sir. I'm here your boy, Scott Owens. How you doing today? Scott Owens, how you doing today? Scott is doing wonderfully. Thank you. Life is good for the team. We are broadcasting from beautiful Ferguson, Missouri, at the Great St. Paul Street Complex. The Reverend, well, she said, the mayor, Tommy Pearson, pastor of the beautiful, beautiful facility. And right now, without any further ado, we're going to go right to prayer with Reverend Alan Lyles, pastor of the Walnut Fork Baba Jeffrey Church at 5547 Lillian Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 6312. Did I get it right, Rev? That's right. Should I say it three times? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Reverend Adam Lyles at the Baptist of Walnut Park, Bible Chapter Church, 
5547 Lillian Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63120. That's Walnut, Reverend, Reverend Allen Lyles, pastor at the Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church, 5547 Lillian Avenue, 63130 in St. Louis, Missouri. And Red, what time of service is tomorrow? Uh, service started at, uh, we start Bible study at 10 o'clock and uh, service at 11. And we through about twelve thirty. And right now we're gonna get prayer on FrequencyUSAHotRadio.com for all of our listeners around the world. Have a happy holiday to you, and may God bless. Rem, go ahead. Let's bow our head, Heavenly Father. We give thanks for your wonderful gospel. How that Christ died for our sin, was buried, and rose again. And I continue believing to the saving of the soul. Continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we thank you that we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth. Continue to bless everyone in Radio Land. And we let and then we're gonna let them know that you are still on the throne, Heavenly Father. All they have to do is just believe in your son's death, burial, and resurrection, and they'll pass from death unto life, and they'll be on the right plane with the Son of God. And we give great thanks for that all over the universe. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Amen, Rev. Thank you so much for that prayer. You know, especially, you know, uh, you know, for our families and for the holidays. And, you know, we're blessed to see another Day weekend here in City Centers around the world. Thank you for the blessing that you've given us through your prayer. And so, real, what, what, where are we at today in our Bible study? You know, we, we, we at this, uh, we at the vision of the valley of the dry bones. Oh, no. Come on, real. That's a good one. <laughs> you got the dry bones out there right now. See, see, they think they know where Israel is, but only God know where they is. Amen, amen. And that's why those are not the Israelites over there in, there in Jerusalem now. That's not them. Because this is going to prove it that that's not them, whether they want to accept it or not. This is the mind of God, the Bible. So here it is. Uh, Ezekiel 37, the vision of the valley of dry bones. The hand of the Lord was up on me. It's up on me. The hand of the Lord is up on me. And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, I'm the son of Jesus. Son of the king. Can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I was lay sinew upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And ye should live and ye should know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. 
and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up, up on them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesize unto the wind, prophecy, son of man, and said to the wind, thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they said, Our bones are dry, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesied and said, unto them. Thus said the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your grave and cause you to come up out of your grave and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye should know that I am the Lord when I have opened your grave, O my people, and brought you up out of your grave and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land then should you know that i the lord have spoken it and performed it said the lord the word of the lord came again unto me saying moreover thou son of man take thee one stick and write up on it for judah and for the children of israel his companion then take another stick and write up on it for joseph the stick of ephraim and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thy hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Will thou not show us what thou meanest by thee? Say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they should be one in my hand. And the sticks whereon thou writest should be in thy hand before their eyes. And they, and say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king should be king to them all. And they should be no more two nations. Neither should they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Neither should they defile themselves anymore with their idols. Nor with their detestable things. Nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So should they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, should be king over them. And they all should sh shall have one shepherd. They should also walk in my judgment, and observe my statutes, and do 
them, and they should dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they should dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever, and my servant David should be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It should be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also should be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they should be my people. And the heathen should know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel, when my sanctuary should be in the midst of them forevermore. Look out! <laughs> now, real, let me ask you a question, okay? So people can understand now. Okay, right now, you know, the timing of this uh, prayer or your scripture, I should say, the lesson today is about Jerusalem, you know, coming together. And so even as we speak, uh, there's you know, uh, a discussion in the Middle East right now about, you know, Jerusalem and the presence of people, the Israeli government that's in charge of Jerusalem right now. And they're trying to come up with some peace there. So how does that fit into what we're doing now here at present time? Well, well, Israel is scattered all Israel is scattered all over the universe according to the first chapter of the book of James. They've been scattered. And uh the people trying to say that that's all the Israelites over there in the world now, but it's not. That ain't nothing but uh, false prophets and stuff trying to make the program of God work for their benefit. So they said they doing this and doing that. But can't nobody bring Israel back but the Lord. Now, I agree with you on that because uh, yeah, I'm listening to, you know, I guess as we're watching and listening, thinking that's the beauty of right now, the technology that we have now, and we can see things, you know, in real time, you know, and as opposed to, you know, people having to bring the message to us, you know, you know write it down, then they got to transport it, but now we're getting in real time. Because as I look at, you know, the Bible, you know, and I think that this morning, I think too many people have heard the story of the dry bones, but they haven't heard different pieces of it. You know what I mean? But you told the whole story this morning about the dry bones. Yep. From Ezekiel, you know, where it was first spoken of the dry bones. Right. You know, and there's different variations, okay, about the dry bones story. So you got, I guess you said, we gave them the facts this morning. So right now, Rev, uh, you know, as, as you lay it out there for us, what is the message that you're trying to say that God is sending from through you to today? The, the message that God is sending them, telling them to get saved before it's ever too late. Before the rapture of the church, it's going to be a great tribulation after the rapture of the church. All God's people are going to be gone all over the universe. And people are going to be trying to straighten up and wonder what's going on. We're going to be with the Lord in the air, in the cloud. The saints, the church saints. This is uh, Israel here, the dry bone. The whole house is a type of the church of God too. It's combining together. The whole kingdom of God is going to be one. The church, the earthly kingdom, and the heavenly kingdom are going to be together. Israelites is the earthly and the saints and the church saints is the heavenly kingdom 
It's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, real, let me ask you a question, okay? You know, and I guess I can only go about what I what I see, what I you know, kind of rate something like that. In our country, we have a lot of uh, the Jewish people here. We have a lot of uh, different nationalities that come to our country from around the world. You know, from all different countries. You know, that came out of Israel at some point. So, how uh, how do you relate? You know, what is read this morning to us, okay? Because uh, we have, like I said, we have dry bones all through our country, through our world, okay, but in our country we have a whole lot of different you know, ministers, uh, churches preaching this sermon, okay, they give different, different variations, this uh, version of it. So what are you saying to the people in this country, okay, that they, how they can look at this going forward in present times? Okay, but like the United States, where well, right now the United States ain't going to be in prophecy. Because of the abomination that uh, Obama brought in about uh, men marrying men and women marrying women. That's abomination against God. And this land going to be another Solomon and Gomorrah. Just like the city Solomon and Gomorrah, this world, the United States, going to be a Solomon and Gomorrah. Because God forbid this would happen. is protecting his people the people of God are protected but the people that's out here in the world that's doing all these different things trying to make things correct and stuff it ain't gonna do no good God already uh, prophesied this world is waxing worse and worse and that's what's happening and that's all over the universe and man cannot improve nothing only God can man need to be born again he need to believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what he need to believe. If he don't, he going to hell. If he do, he go to heaven. Just that simple. You know, Rev, you know, and, uh, and, I, and I want to make sure people understand, I'm not saying that we have no unrest in our, in our country. But around the world, okay, you got demonstrations, marches going on. You know, for, uh, you know, for people who don't want to have being on the power, you know, and, and create dictatorships, you know, uh, this is my way, and I let people have their you know, freedom of speech, you know, and the Bible, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and people who read 
Bible. That most of our books that we read, okay, the, the Christianity was up was, was, was uh, attacked when these books were written in the New Testament. Am I right? Yeah. And but so why were they under attack? They 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 under they under attack because uh these uh corrupt people out here that's corrupting the system system and just causing problems that they shouldn't be causing. They need to listen to God. Everybody need to listen to God and get on the right track. Because if you don't, whatever you call yourself doing, it can't do nothing but be destructive and confusion and chaos. There's wars and rumors of war all over the universe. That's happening right now. Civil war. All kind of wars is going on. Everything. Everywhere. It ain't never happened like this before as it is now. Well, we have not only wars, okay, we got fires on, on the West Coast in California. We got hurricanes, you know, coming up shore and you know, down in the Gulf on the East Coast. And also, you got, uh, you know, this pandemic that's killed. Oh my God! Yeah. Kill people. So around the world, and you know, and I, and I do mean around the world, you know, and, and, and there's 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 no no no. Uh, well, at this point, we got over six hundred six million people who have been confirmed cases, and we got almost uh, going up to two hundred thousand people. That have died. So right now, this is something that's coming from the Bible. They talk about pestilence to be coming to our countries. Am I right? Yep. You know they it's pestilence, famines. It's all kind of plagues out here now that ain't never ever happened before. They're happening, just like when those bats was down there in Australia, wherever that is, over in Africa, wherever it was. Those things had never happened before, but they're happening now. Well, well, right now, I know uh, people I got, you know, in, over in South Africa right now, they have locusts right now eating, eating their crops over there. Oh, yeah. That's a plague, too. Now, that's a plague, too, okay? Yes, sir. That, 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 uh, that, that's a biblical, that's an old that, time That's plague, a biblical you know? plague. And I, and, and I guess, you know, we look at what, what we, you know, we in America look at what we see and think it's new sometimes, but it, the Bible says nothing new under, under, under the sun. Amen. Ain't nothing new under the sun. They better get right with God. Everybody from the president on down and from the prime ministers, the high priests and everybody, bishops, whatever, everybody better get right with God. You, you know, Rev, this is kind of uh, uh, poetic to some degree, you know, but people don't know well, the history, you know, uh, when Christ was born, he was doing a census being taken back in those days, you know, you recall. And so here we are right now in the middle of a pandemic, doing our census as, as we speak. So that tells you something about nothing changes in God's world. Right. But it's just, a, just, a, just a, you know, I'm waking up, a showing to us, okay, that what you read about the dry bones there, and, and there was centuries ago, not thousands, centuries ago. And by the way, I tell you all the time that the United States, uh, we were, uh, we still are the most powerful country in the world, but we were looking for leadership, but in the last you know, couple of years, you know, we are kind of uh, taking ourselves away and going in a different direction that made us a, you know, a different nation, which is not, you know, it's not the way 
years of being a coach to what you just said, technical about Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe being out being in the United States. Yep. But you know something, Ira? It's no, it, it it uh I'm happy to see all this stuff going on because Bible prophecy is fulfilling and I'm safe. Even though with all this going on, I'm still safe. Can't no harm come to me. Can't no harm come to no Christians. Any believer in Christ, can't no harm come to them because God is protecting them. You know, Reverend, one thing, you know, uh, you and I, you know, we read our Bibles during the week, you know, more so than some people do. And in our country, uh, uh, I call them weekend, week, week, weekend Christians, okay? In our country, like right now, all these protests going on, you know, all through so Monday through Saturday, then all of a sudden on Sunday, they go to church and like, like nothing never happened. You know what I mean? And, and, they, and, they, and then they go to pray to God, you know, and but during the week of all kinds and that's just based on people in general. Sometimes we all guilty and most of them that we all have sin in some kind of way so I can't separate myself from the rest of the world of our country. But in our country, you know, we, we consider that one day that's really suicide for going to church. And I think Christ always always preached okay that we had no, we had we had to pray seven days a week, not just on Sundays. Yep. And that was one of the things he preached the most. Am I right? Mm-hmm. But people, they need to get born again, and and, and you don't know when the rapture gonna happen. It could be any day. It could be before this this day is over. It could happen then. Well, we'll be taken out of here. It'd be two in the bed. One gonna be left, and one gonna be taken. <laughs> yes. Some beds gonna be two and all and everybody gonna leave out of there. Yes, yes. Cause that's, that's what God said. Well, on that note, we're gonna say thank you, Reverend uh, Lyles. pastor of the Walnut Bible Chapel Church at 5547 Lillian Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63120. And services are tomorrow at what time, Reverend? 10 o'clock. We open up at 10 o'clock. And we get out about 1230. Oh, see, on that note, uh, Scott, life is good. You listen to a lot of people who live at Chamber Commerce on a beautiful Labor Day holiday weekend. And we're on a beautiful hot day. We're going to have a very nice weather coming our way. And we have had a nice, nice summer. Hopefully you have a good time. Life is good. I could have fortune and fame Go anywhere, do anything But oh God, I just want you I could search for earthly things To satisfy my every need Oh God, I just want you I just wanna
when they shut the country down months ago, you know, to try to you know, get this thing under control, uh, we had kids at home, and so now we're trying to put kids back into schools. And that was uh, an example of, uh, uh, I, I, I watch multimedia all the time, you know, I'm a media junkie. And there was a, a small place up in, up in Maine where they were proud of the fact that they had not got infected by the virus. You may have heard about this. Well, whereas, you know, a pastor you know, whose church, you know, was you know, having services flew into this small town to have a wedding. They made a long story, you know, story short, they blew up with the virus all over the place. Mm. Because somebody, you know, went to the wedding, went, went to his job, and at a clinic, affected those people, went to another church, and so I mean, it, the virus is, you know, it may not be there, but if one person can be able to you know, spread it to other people. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, okay, you say, well, I'm good. Well, you're good, okay, and nobody knows, and, and, and another thing, you know, why we on this virus stuff here. In our country right now, this is a thing called fear. You know, and I want to, and I haven't spoken to this yet, but, you know, I'm speaking to today. We, you know, this, this, this rush for a vaccine. Now, in all of our history of our country, I can tell the world, but especially in our country, we have had a uh, understanding and a respect for our medical and science, you know, uh, uh, careers, people in those fields. Now, to say you're gonna rush a vaccine to the market, okay, before the uh, first of the year. If you all recall that uh, uh, Dr. Uh, 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 what's your name, you know, talking about Fauci, you know, what, you know I mean, said it'd be sometime next year. And and so now, we in this country, we over 330 million people. So there's no way on God given earth in the United States if a virus came out today, you know, on the 5th of September, that we would get everyone in this country tested. We haven't got 30 million people tested so far. So how are we gonna test 30, you know, give, you know, 30 million people the virus? And then you get into the discussion, who, who gets the virus, who don't get the virus? And so all that is creating confusion, and mass confusion, and mass confusion. I will say this to the social media, uh, the, the, the networks, you know, the cable channels, all these networks and different people, okay, they all try to, you know, uh, they, they get ratings by giving people fear by making announcements or stuff prematurely. And that is making people have high hopes when they should not be talking about certain things. There was a time before you went on TV or uh, in the news or newspaper, you had to verify, 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 verify. I give you a good example here in the state, in the state of Missouri. Uh, we have a governor running for re-election, and he is uh, went up against his opponent. And uh, here at a local station, uh, you know, County Four, KMOV here in St. Louis, uh, they do these things called fact checking on, 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 on the commercials for different candidates. Well, the, 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 the commercial that he had been running and running and running, okay, about the young lady being uh, involved with defunding the police department, doing this and doing that, the fact check came out that none of that was true. As a matter of fact, you know, all this, the, 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 the ads that were showing you know, in the streets and stuff, those were some other places. That was no place in Missouri. 
location in Missouri, not to Kansas City, St. Louis, I'm guessing with Kansas City, and around the state and down in the, in the Blue Hill, no, no place have we had riots like they're showing that they said that uh, uh, Miss Galloway would, would have. And it's just amazing to me how people know, even our commercials they're sending that now, they're trying to put fear in you. You know, fear in you, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, and it just, you know, we have to uh, understand that. But I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But right now, uh, I'm going to talk a bit about the virus. Like I said, we have had over uh, 630, oh my God, uh, confirmed cases, million cases, confirmed cases. And in some cases, they're not been deadly. Thank God for that. You know, uh, I had another person in my family, and the person in my family, which they came down with, uh, they're doing, he's doing better, you know, and so all of us not deadly. Uh, he's a young man, by the way, so we also continue the prayers for all those people around the country. And also, they, uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus, what do you want to call it? Uh, you know, we've been told that coronavirus has been around for a long time, but COVID-19, is the name of the one of a strain of the virus that we have right now. And also, uh, please, 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 get your flu shots. Please, no matter where, who you are, where you are, they are free. Get your flu shot. The worst thing you want to do is now is come in contact with, with the viruses and not have any catch the flu. I mean, because they're telling you right now it's going to be a bad flu season. Okay, that's what you know, the prognosticators are telling us or forecasters you want to call them. So please, take heed and get the flu shot as soon as you can. Don't wait around because once people start getting sick with the flu, right where else they're going to start rushing, rushing to get you no know, flu shots. Yep. And so you know you got to get in line now. Just you know, do this very early. Most of your grocery stores, most of your pharmacies, your clinics, they are free. Free and in your pharmacist about the flu shots, you know, and they will get them to you free of charge. We all like to work free, so now the free is these flu shots. Please, please get those done. And you know, and and, and, and also uh, one of the things that uh, I'm trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know friends understand, we just, and I just it gets crazy every day. Not only are we having problems, but you know, the, the, the school kids between like, kindergarten up to 12, you know, 12K grades and stuff. Uh, going back to school, you know, a lot of schools don't have proper preparations. Uh, they don't have their proper equipment for the teachers and stuff, you know. Some are going back viral. And, and this is kind of, I think, very unfair. They're telling a lot of kids now, you see a lot of these football teams, sports teams, you know, these people going back. Well, they're telling them, if you go back to school virtually and not being in, in, in physically in class, you cannot play any sports. Now that just seems to be unfair, you know, to, you know, to young people, you know, who may get infected, you know, and have some kind of, and, and we have the, the virus, it, it has lasting effects on your body. That's why a lot of professional uh, football players and sports professional people, they're sitting in the South because they don't want to you know, take any chances, okay, on getting, getting in contact with a virus that went you know, in their career prematurely. So now, if they're doing that, you got to look at how the young people are doing it. And I understand you know, what is being said. I got grandkids that have been told the same thing. And I know my grandkids, you know, uh, who are down in Georgia, matter of fact, uh, they're going back to school because they want to uh, be in sports. I want to be my granddaughter. 
Uh, she plays basketball. She just turned 17 years old. I just had to scout her real off the air, you know, and, 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 uh, and she's doing good at it. Back in the day, uh, school, uh, she lived there, came in, doing a great job, you know. Uh, she just called them. And I understand that, you know, I played sports. But uh, we didn't have to face something like this because you go home, you know, and a good example of this is in the NBA basketball team, teams. Uh, they live in a bubble down in Florida. And they also came up with, when uh, you talk about these athletes, you know, not doing things, uh, they don't talk bad about that, black lives matter, blah, blah, blah. Well, the NBA came up with a test. They test all of their players. And it's a saliva test that you hear more and more about now. And that has proven to be very effective because none of the basketball players, since they went into the bubble, as they call it, in, uh, down in Florida, have had any interruptions, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know with, with the virus. They have had very few. It was very traceable because everybody was in the same place. Like here in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, we had many of our players uh, who, who didn't follow the rules and broke the rules, and we lost a whole lot of games because we were uh, games were postponed. And now we find ourselves, the St. Louis Cardinals, I should say, not having a break. They got to play games straight through until the rest of the end of the year in the baseball season. Mainly because they're trying to make up the lost game. So again, you know, this thing, this virus appears in the air, you know, so and if you go around people, you, know, you will get it. You know, you know, at first, you know, the car that was traveling on their private, on their jets, when they came back from the front of my from Milwaukee, they, they came back, matter of fact, you know, in individual cars make sure, okay, that they didn't get in contact with anybody else. And that is proven to be successful. That's all right now. Instead, they're about to do with the young kids. And also, not just the young kids, also, and a lot of the football uh, conferences, you know, big conferences, schools, have uh, been, you know, uh, you know, postponed until the next year. And some are coming back, but they're putting these athletes at great risk, mainly because they want money for the school. Okay, and I can I understand that. Everybody likes needs money, not like money needs money to survive. So these are some of the things that we have to look at as we look at uh, uh, you know, being around people, uh, as we look at you know, college universities. Uh, oh my God, um, the numbers that we're looking at, most of these major universities that we're hearing about, you're not hearing about the small colleges or you know, the picture they're getting, but a lot of the kids come come, you know, come on campus. And they, they want to party. And when they party, they party hardy. And guess what? They come back to their dorms, uh, wherever they go. And all of a sudden, they have been tested positive. Some got to go home. Some schools closed down for the rest of the year right away. Mm-hmm. Some are uh, trying to survive by going by virtual right now. But uh, all this time will tell. But right now, I just don't understand. In the, in the peak of, of the pandemic, where you are right now, more cases than we ever had before. That we before were telling people to stay in, you know, you know uh, like a lot of places are closing their bars early. They had opened up early. So they want to get back to the open market, you know, they want to do this and do that. Well, that was all very good. But now we are paying a price for it. And the price is lives. They're being lost. Yep. And, I, and I do mean being lost. As a matter of fact, uh, we don't get the real figures about things most of the time. 
I know in, with the people in the uh, in, uh, in these uh, 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 residential homes for senior citizens, they had not been giving us the actual real figures previously, but now we found out that over 650,000 people, no, uh, well, well, they go on a monthly basis, but uh, just just last month, oh my God. Uh, they had, you know, like, uh, and the figure keeps jumping, like 65,000 people who have died because they had not actually reported the real numbers about what took place in these locations. And so that's right now a lot of stuff that we don't do not know. And that's because uh, a couple of months ago, as you recall, there was a testing reporting process that we all followed. Well, the president decided to shut that down do it a different way. And so in doing that, that naturally created more chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and while we're on the matter of chaos, one of the things that uh, we, we find ourselves in a time now where as we look at our congressional people, and I don't care what state you're in, this is around the, around the country, uh, more time than ever, we're hearing more now about evictions taking place some being put on hold, people losing their homes, losing their jobs, because they have no jobs. Uh, you said the job numbers are coming back. Well, if you look at the dig down and see, that's because a lot of people who work for the census began to start working the last couple of months. Uh, you got a lot of people working for a time. That got into the treatment got into being counted. And so because a situation like that, okay, you're starting to see some increasing in job numbers, but uh, those are not real paying, good paying jobs. And also, you know, you find that a lot of places where we're talking about uh, the things that are taking place that in, in, in these uh, certain nursing home places like that, most of the time, you know, you, you also find the residents, you know, people that work there also contacting the virus because they haven't got equipment. I've been around the country doing research. A lot of those are closing down because they couldn't get the necessary uh, you know, equipment for the you know, safety of the, of, of the patients, nor for, nor for the people that work there. And so that creates another heck of a problem. So right now, as we continue to look at things that's going on, and also uh, while we were away uh, last week, so a lot to place, the Republican Party held their convention uh, well, it was in North Carolina, and then part of it was in D.C., and all those different places, where the nomination nominees were, uh, presumptive nominee was President Donald Trump, and uh, Vice President Don, uh, Mike Pence, well, they have been confirmed as the nominate, nom- nominees for the Republican Party, uh, and, they, and the campaign, you know, com- you know commenced, you know, again, I should say, in November, where they went up against uh, Vice President Joe Biden and also Senator Kamala Harris, the Vice President. Now, in the, since that time, you obviously will see a more influx of commercials on your TV stations. On your radio station, you may get more uh, robocalls, uh, more emails, you know, all kind of information about the elections. I in, I, I, I ask people to do your research. Go find out for yourself. Nowadays, it's not a period that you say, 
I don't know. Uh, if you don't know, you don't want to know. Or if you, if you don't know how to look, most cell phones or computers have a thing called Google or other search engines that will tell you whatever you want to know. That's why there was a time that the, old, that the older generation would tell the kids about the virgin and bees. <laughs> well, right now, the kids tell the parents about the virgin and bees because they got the information already off the internet. So anyway, so anyway, so so, so the election is officially, you know, you know, uh, uh, the season has started, and also uh, every year, every four years, I should say, we have a debate, and this year the debate will be uh, have been dates have been set, and the networks that will be carrying the debate will include Fox News, C-SPAN, and NBC, and they will moderate the debate. The upcoming dates right now. Uh, for September the 29th, we'd be in Cleveland, Ohio. And then for October the 15th in Miami, Florida. And uh, then in uh, October the 22nd, no, October the 22nd, the final one will be held in Nashville, Tennessee. So again, those are the dates that have been set for the debates. And uh, they were proved to be interesting. You know, they haven't seen the date yet, okay, how this going to work out that I'm aware of yet for the Republican uh, debate, no, not for the debate between the uh, Vice President, you know, being uh, uh, Senator Harris and also Vice President Pence. So that will be said. And we do, we'll pass it on to you. And also, um, one of the things that taken place if we were away uh, when we had the unfortunate shooting of Mr. Uh, Jacob Blake uh, in, uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, been there many, many times, beautiful little, little small town in Chicago and Milwaukee. Got a lot of friends live there, you know, I spent a lot of time there. Well, uh, unfortunately, a black man, unarmed black man, uh, was shot in the back seven times. And again, it was caught live on video. Uh, through the prayers of everyone around the world, uh, he did survive, thank you miraculously. So let you know that God does answer prayers. And we're here yeah. right now, President, paralyzed from the waist down. And so uh, in that process, uh, there were some demonstrations that escalated into riots. And uh, unfortunately, they escalated to a new level, you know, you know a, a new level. Because previously, you know, they would, you know, be the demonstrators, you know, and this is for, for, the, for, for, uh, for the facts. Uh, Black Lives Matter have been involved in a lot, a lot of demonstrations around the country, and 90, over 95% of the Black Lives Matter demonstrations have all been very peaceful. Normally, the Black Lives Matter demonstration ends about at dark, most where you are, about 8 o'clock. They go home to their families, you know, and you know, and, and they go home, and then that's when other people come come along, uh, and. So they're going to take her to the street. They even have her here in St. Louis. And, uh, as a matter of fact, in Missouri, we had a you know, up from a month ago. That's the wicked. Well, during that time period, we had people breaking into the police station first in Missouri. You know, they did this and did that. Well, guess what? With the help of cameras, you know, and, you know, and people you know, telling, telling who, who did it, all those people who have been arrested have been arrested. And all of them were out of town from other places. They came in. Nobody in Ferguson wanted to tell the police station. Nobody in Ferguson wanted to burn down their stores. 
Nobody in Kenosha want to burn down the stores where they live at, where they shop at, where they work at. So, so it's not it's not about something like that. It's people come to other places they come in and, and do the structure, for like a better description. And so right now, uh, uh, this past week or so, we had uh, no esca- an escalation, I should say, where uh, some militia groups came in. And uh, unfortunately, a young man uh, from, uh, from Illinois came over to Kenosha as part of the militia, and, uh, and he was armed. I don't understand how a 17-year-old could be walking around with an arcade and we went to a car 47. You know, armed, I should say, armed, walking down the street. And unfortunately, he shot one man who was alive today. He killed two other men. I don't think this young man intended to kill anyone. But there's a thing called an understanding in the service and armies and where you go to with arms, they train you how to how to be how to be under under stress, how to make sure you don't do the wrong thing if you got to put it in your hand. Or those things can take lives. So anyway, that has escalated. Matter of fact, even today uh, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, with Kentucky Journey, uh, we got. Uh, I hope God knows our friend that nothing goes wrong here. I took a derby there with you know, kind of the reschedule. But now we got uh, militias that come to town. I know that we a demonstration. And these militias, people are, are armed, armed, and armed with, armed with guns. I mean, with pistols, you name it, they got it. And they also, uh, the peaceful demonstrators are not armed. Again, they are unarmed. They are unarmed. They are unarmed. And so the police now in 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 Louisville, Kentucky. And by the way, this this is all about the, the, uh, the young lady I killed uh, some months ago in a home. Refreshing memory, her and her boyfriend was asleep in the middle of the night. And the police came in with no knock rate. And they knocked down. And by the way, the police have yet to be, to be, <laughs> to be, uh, how can I put this? Really identified, that we have identified, been called brought to justice, I should say, have uh, not been no been charged with any, any any serious crime. Although they have uh, out dealing away with most no knock warrants, uh, they have tried to go in and find people who they tried to make lie on 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 Beyond Business Hill, and they found that they couldn't do that. Some ex-boyfriend, they said that she was in drugs, and she was doing all those things. And then told the guy, if you tell her, allow her, okay, we know, you know, we'll cut you a deal. You just be amazed how the, how the things have not gone behind the scenes not work. But thank God, uh, we pray that all goes well. And also, uh, uh, this past Saturday, we had a beautiful day uh, last year uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., where the uh, Reverend uh, Al Sharpton and Dr. Martin King Jr. III, Reverend Martin King III, uh, Black Action Network and all had, had I mean, uh, yeah had a beautiful beautiful uh, uh, protest at the at the Lincoln Monument. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up for that. And the funny part about that, we are yet to give those numbers as how many people showed up. Personally, looking at the figures of that at the crowds, I watched it. Uh, they had I think more than President Trump had it in inauguration. To be honest with you, it was a nice beautiful piece of the crowd. They march from there over to the statue of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King that's on Spain, D.C. there. And also, uh, in, that, in that demonstration march, I said there were no disturbance. 
Matter of fact, that's why you probably haven't heard about it. And there was nothing that went bad, okay, and people going to you know, put that in the news. Because that's what really drives the drive things, okay, you got you know, bad news. When they did this, they did this. And also, it was a beautiful situation where you had the families, you know, going back to Michael Brown, Javon uh, Moore, his, his, his parents, his brother, I mean, uh, George Floyd, uh, Jacob Blake, and his whole family. And, I, and, and the families, I should say, and all of them are saying one thing, they, they want justice. Ms. Taylor, they want justice. Uh, the gentleman that was killed, killed down in Georgia. Matter of fact, just that time, we had several new, new murders. That's how the murders are come, you know, come up. And we have one in uh, Rochester where uh, here the police chief is black, the uh, mayor is black, but we still have some iron officers, okay, who, who, who have been uh, suspended with pay. And this video finally came out this was months ago about what, what, what took place there. So again, there's a whole lot of stuff that we don't know about, and that's why you know uh, we hear, hear this thing about you no know, black justice, no no peace. Well, the NBA and uh, National Basketball Association, maybe baseball, the WNBA, soccer teams, a whole lot of professional sports teams. A lot of professional sports teams are using using their uh, celebrityism, not the word probably, and <laughs> they know the rise and they fame, I should say, to speak out against this. Because one of the things that um, Milwaukee Bucks you know, walked off the court, uh, didn't want to play a game, didn't play a game. And that created a, uh, uh, you know, uh, some games being canceled, or postponed, I should say. And because uh, these young men are all advocating so just yes, once they hit the basketball court, sure they may be some tall guys, but they they got all got kids, they got wives, they got family members, you know who've been involved, who've been attacked by police officers, you know, and and, and right now there are two bills in front of Congress right now. I just said they're in front of the Senate. They've been passed by the House. One is one is with Justice, you know, uh, from, uh, came from Mr. Uh, Mr. Flores, you know. You know Know, for justice named after him, and then there's the one that we have for the uh, equal rights and kind of voting. That was something that the, the late uh, John Lewis pushed all of his career. Now we can see the, the Pettus Bridge and stuff like that, but these are all the things that, that he advocated for years and years and years, and we still have got that. Now here in St. Louis, I got a right foot there. Uh, we just had a police officer just got killed a week ago, almost a week ago, and uh, well, we will talk about that later on. Here. Okay. We have our very special guest today. You know, uh, in fact, I guess we're going to start calling this two o'clock Saturday for the census. We have Miss Elton Bynum. How you doing, Elton? Doing well. How are you? Life is very good. Life is very good. Uh, uh, Miss Bynum, uh, we've been on each other. Uh, might as a matter of fact, we go back to my old radio days. Yeah. When I was involved, the general manager in the whole country. <laughs> and we had a whole new one, but we had a radio station. <laughs> yeah. And we were well, blessed. We had, had a lot of fun. And, we, and even then, okay, we were advocating the information to people so they could understand, you know, uh, what was going on. And, and there weren't a lot of blacks in those days that had access, you know, to social media. We didn't, we didn't call it that in those days. We just called it being on the radio. <laughs> Very and, uh, and so, uh, but having said that, uh, Miss Bynum, uh, I would say this about her. You know, we, we 
him so often in our career, but she's always been about helping the people. Uh, she's been, you know, uh, since that time, you know, in a position in, in, in our tennis community. All of them have been very respectful, you know, and she's always helping people. That's what I know about the violence, you know, and, uh, and, and so we've, we've been close from a distance of many, many years, but life has it. Your friends, you read them again, they're still your friends. So having said that, Miss Bynum, uh, welcome to lunch with the Little Black Team of Commerce for our uh, beautiful September the 5th, uh, 2019. And uh, one of the things that we spoke about here when you came on was how important the census was. And I say it was because we said back, back in biblical time, Jesus Christ, uh, he was born during that time period, but he went back to do the census. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's nothing new. And we have been, we were, was kind of referring this was that there's nothing new when it comes to you know what's going on in the world, yeah. you know, and I, and by that we mean what you know with the pandemic and stuff like that. So the sense of something that's close to all of our heart, it should be, yeah. it should be, especially right now, because uh, the sense of what Miss Bynum would tell you uh, shortly, what I would tell you, what we know will affect you for the next ten years. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ira. I really appreciate uh, the introduction and uh, uh, the acknowledgement. Um, and the one thing um, I would like to repeat is that I am definitely about getting information uh, to the community and communities that need it most. Yes. And so uh, that's why uh, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to come on to uh, on your show on the re being on the radio. As you said, uh, we referred to it, and we did. And you're right; we didn't know what we were doing at that time. But I think in our hearts, we were trying to do something. And so it's always important uh, for people to get the information. You know, and you're right. You know, one thing that. I just came to my mind. You said that back in those days, we were having talk shows way back then before people started having talk shows. Mm -hmm. You know, and we would talk about what was going on in our community. And I remember uh, we had I'm looking at stuff of people around the country for the plague about what was going on in our community, but for health issues, for stuff. Nobody else would talk about it on the radio. And we were talking about we weren't saying just good music, good jazz. We had yeah, <laughs> we were the best guests at St. Louis at that time. <laughs> but uh, but but we were getting information out, you know, and you were part of that. And I just thank you again, you know, for all things that you did. Matter of fact, then she's uh, helping the people because you worked for the Missouri Writing for Pages. Am I right in those days? Uh, I, I was with the Missouri Commission on Human Rights during those days, absolutely. Yep, and uh, moved on uh, to, like you said, various uh, uh, other. Um, Positions. I was with the Secretary of State's office for eight years as a director for the St. Louis region, and uh, then now I am the uh, director of the Office of Community Engagement for the St. Louis County Executive's Office, and uh, I'm carrying out the uh, duties of the census as it pertains to St. Louis County, but, you know, the message is for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's the same. We need to make sure that we answer the census. Uh, you did say that it goes back to biblical times. And, you know, 
many uh, neighbors have not been paying attention to how important the census was through the years. Uh, some always have. But uh, the census dollars, the federal dollars that come through from census funding is very, very important to the community. Uh, and as I uh, made a quote this past week in saying that it's going to be even more important that we get a fair share of census dollars post-COVID-19 economy. You know, uh, things that are changing economy-wise, and so the $675 billion, that's billion with the B, that has been allocated for census dollars, as you said, for the next 10 years, every single year, not just a lump sum, of $675 billion, but $675 billion will be allocated, allocated each year for the next 10 years. Yeah. And a lot of the programs that census dollars go for are really, really important, again, to the communities that need it most. And yeah. so that's why uh, I'm just here today to try to encourage as many people that haven't taken the time uh, to answer the census or maybe, you know, wondering should I, should I, or maybe not even just totally comfortable and confident uh, with the whole thing of answering the census. And I'd like to say that it is confidential. It's under law. It's under Title 13 in the U.S. law census takers and those who uh, intake the information are sworn under oath. And so, you know, it's nine questions for the head of a household. And then there's another seven questions for each additional person that resides in your household. Now, it doesn't matter if they're related or not related. Uh, they just had to uh, be residing in the household as of April the 1st, 2020. Yeah, so let's, let's elaborate on that a little bit, okay? Because okay. uh, really, you know, with this being a, a very special year, because uh, a lot of the colleges shut down this, you know, this past spring, I should say. You know, and I should say this past fall, when people came home from college. Mm -hmm. and, and so that means they were at home, and we had a lot of people who were visiting people, you know, you know, moving around a little bit. And so we have, so somebody visits you during that particular time period, they are considered to be part of your household, am I right? As of April 1st, yes. 2020, whoever resided in the household at that time should be counted. Up to present uh, time. If you, you, if you can't uh, move forward from April 1st, the census allocated said that that was the day in which uh, the count would be taken and whatever the circumstances and whoever resided in the United States was to be counted on that day. Even if a baby was born on that day, yes. uh, they should be counted. And that's, if I can just talk a little bit about that please, right please now, Iris, one, one of the things that happened is that particularly um, in those communities that need it the most, that
they don't tend to count the children. Yeah. In the last census in 2010, there were like 5 million plus children that were not counted. Yeah. And so wow. sometimes, that, I don't, you know, if you, you know, sometimes maybe just people, you know, do it unconsciously thinking that it's, oh, they're only talking about the adults in the household. Right, but it's right. every person, every being. And one of the other reasons, and one of the main reasons is, is that the $675 billion that we talked about that are going to be put forth for programs, it is based upon population count. And that's why it's even more important for people to understand how important it is to be counted. If you live in the United States, you, first of all, you deserve to be counted. And second of all, right. And then second, second of all, you live here. This is where you were born. Yes. And you're residing here. And, uh, you know, people, of course, in this time and all that's going on are, you know, really untrustworthy, uh, untrustful of the current governmental system. And, I mean, you know, there's reason to be. But as you said, going back, this is something that has been in place pre the current administration, uh, pre many administrations. It's something that uh, was designated under uh, the U.S. Constitution that it would be taken every 10 years and every person that resides in the United States of America should be counted. You know, also, what you just said, rung a bell, this was uh, created before the United States was a country. That yes, <laughs> yes. You go back. Then go back. You know, Columbus Day. He was counting those days in the country that he came. They did a census. That's how they knew he was rich. from Spain. He said, supposedly. But I mean, that's how far this goes back before we were a country. I'm letting you be the historian uh, on that oh. island. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. <Well>, <laughs> it's true. I mean, no, it's it, it very that that it is it's, the census has been in place a long time uh, I guess because we had so many other issues that we dealt with just like the voting uh, that you know it was something that we didn't move forward in doing and so again I'm glad to be on to just encourage people to please please fill out the census uh, it's not banking information, it's not past history, it's not employment information, it's not legal or uh, any type of, uh, that type of information is not given to landlords. None of that determines or none of those things are asked. It's really basically a, a name, address, uh, date of birth, uh, and four or five other really simple questions. Uh, you know, make great uh, things like that because that's how those, how we understand about population and and who lives in the United States. And you know, so, you know, you know, uh, you know um, before you go any further on that, we were talking about the benefits uh, or, or the non-benefits. You know, uh, the, the this information will go back and be tabulated, and and it will determine how many people live in the state of Missouri. And that would determine how many congresspeople we would have 
in the next in the next Congress.
sometimes things are hit for tax in any kind of way that can be. Um, well, that citizenship question was not on the census. You know, I don't know who all the audience is. Telephone number. You got that number handy back there? 
the final December 2020 count. And, and so, and from that, okay, that comes down to our different cities. We'll figure out how many people have who live in the county in the city, and they also resolve their boundaries for their districts also. That's so, right. Well, when the lines are moved, the lines are moved. Right. You know, and, uh, I, you know, you don't know. Uh, you just really don't know what the result would be in the end, uh, but we do have to consider that that's a very, very important factor of making sure you count it is because of the fact that redistricting uh, for congressional districts is affected by that count. And, and, and I mean, I really, if, if I can, uh, I, I really, really want to uh, send a shout out to North County. Uh, I really appreciate the uh, those who have taken the census thus far, but I really wish that we would talk that up if you could, if you would among sure. family and neighbors and friends because North County needs to make sure that it has some program funding uh, available. I mean, some of the programs that are funded from census dollars are uh, Medicaid, uh, SNAP, that's, you know, food stamps, the federal Pell Grant program, uh, the loader monitored income housing loans, uh, the national school lunch program, uh, public housing, low income energy assistance, uh, adoption assistance. I mean, I could go on and on as to some of the programs uh, that are important uh, uh, to help continue crime victim assistance is there. So just to keep keep the community with some type of additional resources. These are state, the, the the federal dollars will be given to the state to implement these programs. And so that's how the money uh, is passed down. And if anyone knows and understands that many Many, many have been benefits of state-run programs, and that is still true today. Well, also, you know, in, in that, okay, our police departments, you know, our fire yeah. departments, you mm -hmm. know, uh, our, our, city government, our city government as a whole. As a whole. You know, school. School. Yeah, school. Businesses. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, those, those are determined by census counts. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, uh, businesses deciding yes I'm coming in this circle or and 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 yes I'm, I'm, I'm or even no I'm not I mean I know a lot of times you can look at it from uh, the racial standpoint but if businesses are being businesses they're looking at population count income all those other factors that come you know that come forth and so that's why that's another reason if a community indicates that they are only 35% in population when the truth of the matter is that they've more than 75% uh, percent of the population. That's 40, I mean, 45, 40%, that's not counted. Well, well, well I, you know, I, I use one of our largest, largest corporations here as a good example. Most recently, a Centene Corporation, which, is, which has offices all around the country but they had to be based here in St. Louis. And they kind of shook the apple court 
couple months ago. Yeah. You know, when they spoke about you know, uh, hiring of people, and then yeah. the people who they want to hire looked at this stuff you're talking about right now and making a decision too. They want to come to St. Louis, bring their families here. You know, the money was great, but they're looking at the school systems. School systems. Yeah. You know, uh, how good they are. Crime statistics, you know. Uh, yeah. Leaders have said, you know, well, crime, we went, you know, we up uh, in the county and the city with the court jackets and murders and stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and we'll see, uh, and, um, and I will say this is not your fault, okay, but right now there's unrest in, in the police department, the city and the county, you know, like in most places around the country. And so when people decide that they want to work for uh, any major corporation in St. Louis, they're not going to call their friends, they're going to go online. And because it's in the trash. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's why it's there, okay? You know, and, yes. and so, so Centene have been being turned down by people, which is why they spent a couple billion dollars to get another office mm-hmm. in another state. In another state, in another so, state. So, so it's definitely something that, uh, that you know, uh, that, and I guess it's probably one of the things that speaks for people all the time, although... You never know about you know that this is speaking for you. Yeah. 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 It's a good side. It's a bad side for you, but uh, but it's actually telling people you know about St. Louis, the good and the bad, as you want to say. Uh, yes. Yeah. There's much. <laughs> there's much. You know, um, and um, we we have to understand that it's not about necessarily okay so I just I just say it like this look any anytime there's information that needs to be found out or wants to be found out I've never known any of our uh, legal authorities or governmental authorities to not be able to get that information so what I'm saying is that these are nine simple questions if you file the income tax that same information is probably on there minus what you made, mm-hmm. meaning basic information. It's, it's, it's governmental information. And so there's not much more that's being asked beyond the information that's already there. So I'm, I'm just saying, thinking that you're sharing some really, really private, private <laughs> information and filling out the census is not so. You know, I, I repeat, no bank accounts, uh, you know, no past history, uh, you know, no no uh, rental history, none of those things. Uh, no well, legal, well, anything well, is counted or considered. Let me ask this question, okay? Uh, and this is for a lot of people, you know, uh, the amount of scams out there. Does anybody from the system call people on the telephone? Sometimes. Uh, if a census taker uh, has been to your house, I believe that they can uh, follow up. Sometimes they will follow up with a phone call. Mm-hmm. Also, if you fill the form out, um, and they may like, they may not be able. If you did a paper form and they don't understand the writing, mm-hmm. they may call to clarify. But they're not. Uh, continuous and of calling. There there are those instances few and far between 
that a telephone call will take place. But I think the most important thing, Chuck will be important thing to uh, consider is that there's never any type of financial money involved with yes. anyone that should call you about the sentence. Right, that's why I get rid of my next, uh, my next comment. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yes, if somebody call you, well, I need you to, uh, to pay this, you know, you know, for you. Or I need your bank account information. That's oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, means no means uh, the, uh, to be, we ask you for your bank account information. That's, and, oh. and that is so important because yeah. just this week we had some, you're going to jail here with some scams. Scams. Yeah, on, on people on the on these dating lines, you know, which I think has always been not something I'm in favor of. That people, you know, put this to, to, to be, you know, to be afraid of one, you know, and become vulnerable, I should say. You know. And, 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 and Ira, you hit on a very important point. People, many people, are extremely vulnerable right now with the COVID 19 virus uh, being in place. Uh, staying at home, spending a lot of time. Some people spending a lot of time alone. Uh, you know, especially seniors. Uh, all of that. You don't necessarily have to be a senior, but it has affected everyone greatly. So, you know, just like you can't let your guard down and not wearing a mask, uh, then the the truth of the matter is is that you can't let your guard down for a number of things. Things are just not as they were at one particular time. And uh, I uh, I mentioned about the mask because uh, the current county executive does definitely, uh, uh, being a doctor, understand what they call aerosol, you know, the spreading of the virus through talking. And, 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 and um, it's just important, especially as how the African-American community has been so disproportionately affected uh, by the virus, I I just encourage that we try to do all we can to make sure everybody stays well. Uh-huh. And also, you know, I agree with if I'm wrong in some cases, census takers, census I mean, enumerators, you know, right, mm-hmm. enumerators, will have masks for people sometimes, am I right, if they you know, need the mask and they're talking to people? Uh, whether or not they're handing out masks, yes, they go, I believe, I believe so. Um, I'm trying to remember a picture of something I saw. Uh, mm-hmm. They probably do have masks. I remember that. Yeah. They do. Okay. One of my family members, okay, is yeah. a enumerator, and uh-huh. and they have you know, they give us masks, okay, to give us uh-huh. a nice masks, okay, to give to you free. Matter of fact, they give it to you, and they don't ask for it back, okay. Yeah. Oh no. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I mean, all questions. Uh, I can but because I'm not, I don't work for the census and I'm not just all things, but I, I, I remember seeing that and you're absolutely right. And it makes the most sense. Oh, yes. It makes the most sense, you know, and I, you know, we really, really have to uh, uh, take this seriously uh, so that we can uh, uh, come out of this. And uh, I, you know, I know uh, many people that have suffered greatly uh, during this time, and I don't want to get off track with the thing, but I'm just uh, asking everyone to just please take care. Well, we, we, you know, you know, uh, you know, again, you know, this is the strangest since the company. Years gone by, I get the sense in my backpack for years in another life, as I call it, uh, in, another, in another life, okay. 
beard, but in those days, you were going to a person's house, okay, and write yes. down and sit down, you know, and right. take the information, you know, and then you would, you know, kind of, you know, have a conversation with a person. Uh, but now the, the numerators do not go into your home now. They just stand at the door, sit outside, six feet, six feet from you. And that's yes. why they want you to have a mask on all yes. And you're absolutely right. That was the system. And really, this was the first census that the main way to be answered was electronically, means internet or by phone. And I guess, you know, it ended up being, God would have it, it ended up being the best plan that there was because of the fact that the virus hit. Yeah, well, so imagine if there was not something in place via internet or phone that people could take the census by, how even less of a probability that there would be a good count if we depended solely on the method that you just described about, you know, sitting down with the person face-to-face and filling the information out. So thank God that ends up being in place because so many people, you know, do have computers at home or, you know, so many people uh, have that phone uh, right next to them and have and know access, how to access it. So, uh, again, you know, we've got a 74.4 to be exact percentage of response in St. Louis County. And there's a 51.9% response in the city. So, uh, of the state of Missouri, is at a 64.8% uh, response level. And then the national response level is 652 You know, so, you know Elsa, that was a perfect segue into our, to my, uh, our, our global ambassador, Mr. Circuit Bowles. Was also our national our vice president, the National Chamber of Commerce, and Chuck, as you heard, we're still discussing the census here, you know, and a lot of our members, you know, around the world, around the country, uh, especially rely on us communicating, as you know, as you know personally, Chuck, the Zoom call and te- telecommunication computers is, is how we communicate with our people nowadays. That's, that's, that's the new norm. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, I just happened to uh, venture out a little bit differently than I had maybe through this whole virus. And uh, I went, what you might call the high rent district as a retail. Mm-hmm. And that's in Washington, that's like through Georgetown. They have a lot of little uh, uh, shops, but they're high end stuff. It's expensive and they may not be. Um, you know, the Louis Vuitton and the Versace and Tiffany and all that, but they're uh, uh, real high in clothes and Italian and and all that. So anyway, man, I was taken aback by how many uh, empty storefronts there were. I, I, I mean, you know, you think you have an idea of what's going on? And this is, is not even like going through the hood, you know, through, through, through uh, a neighborhood, so to speak. And then coming back up, I went through, you know, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, the areas that are very, very well to do. And there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that are dark. You know, they may, may or may not be coming back. So and then I saw a thing online about the 
real estate that is uh, tied up or, or associated with malls. And there are malls, and they've been going down for a while. But this virtual world, it, it, you know, this the sun is shining on half of it, and boy, it's darker than midnight on the other half. <laughs> it's like the end of the world. Check I know it's been a crystal nicely, but I think that would be uh, apropos. <laughs> well, Chuck, anyway, you come to the other vitamin, okay? And she's working here in Taylor County. Her full-time job is working in Taylor County. And as it turned out, Elton and I go back to my radio day, and I was about 20, I was 27 years old, as a matter of fact. At that time, the young the back general manager of Rich City in the whole country at that time. Because uh, blacks that didn't have radio said, we didn't listen to, we didn't listen to radio, but we weren't on general managers over in the state. And at 27 years old, you know, we had a lot of fun kind of cutting the path. Uh, we did talk shows way back then in the 70s. Yeah. They did ourselves. Yeah. Back in the 70s, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and nobody in those days were doing talk shows and saying, well, they may have one or two, okay? Yeah. But all about, all about, you know, all about, you know, people on the air, you know, I'm cracking the fake music, okay, but also, you know, they have, you know, have a lot of information to put out to the community. Yeah. You know, and that's what we did then, and, and it's turned out, okay, she's now working, you know, in the county, you know, in the, in the county here, as well as volunteer for the census, and, and I think she just kind of, kind of, touched on something he just said here about corporate America, okay, how they're using the census tracks now to see what you just talked told us about here that we didn't know about, okay, that, that you know, stores, high-end stores are going, are going dark. Yeah, yeah, COVID, COVID-19, and the, the effects on the economy. That's when I started off, that's why I was saying that uh, to make sure that we get a good count in because those dollars are going to be so important uh, post-COVID economy. It's, it's going to be a new day. <laughs> uh, economic wise and uh, I think that uh, we should you know we should be um, aware of aware of that that there's going to be a great shift there well, already is okay, let me ask you a question okay uh, uh, kind of kind of what Elsa just said you know uh, can we talk about the American Dream Fund a bit sure Okay, well, okay, most recently, and I said this week, okay, the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce joined some of my other members of the National Black Chamber of Commerce and worked with the American Dream Fund. And in that fund, okay, that's been created, uh, thank you, Chuck, for inviting, you know, inviting us to be a part of that. Uh, we are working now with uh, a lot of those uh, high-end corporations, uh, you know, business, I should say, that have somewhat, you know, disappear in the, you know, in the, you know, on the brick and mortar end, but now we're doing business on the, uh, so on, the on the electronic end. And through the, through, uh, the American Dream Fund, Church can tell you a little bit more about here, and back the commerce is, we allow our members and our, you know, who are business owners, and some of the owners also, to be able to, to utilize and get grants and stuff, and they get a little bit about it the, I try to give you the not so long, but well, you know, everything we're talking about, if you kind of can, like, it's all, it's really books, but if you took chapters that become a book and link them together, you would start with 
a health crisis that that really turned to a life or death type of impact. And that meaning that there were uh, folks that were just going about their job, whether it's delivering mail or whether they're working a cash register at a grocery store or somehow uh, even an airline flight attendant or a ticket taker or anybody in these lines that were in things where you deal with a lot of people. Then all of a sudden, you know, we knew people were getting sick and we knew some were dying. Then all the information came back about black folks being it. And then after we start talking about black folks being impacted and infected, then they turn around and say, well, that's because y'all got unhealthy lifestyles or you're learning, you're vulnerable. You have existing conditions and things. So this health crisis swung into a little bit more of something else. And then all of a sudden, a quarantine hits. You couldn't have thought of anything uh, more impactful or, or, or just a, almost like turning off a switch that just put everybody out of business. Everybody out of business. Then you come from that and go into, well, we recognize you're in trouble and you're hurting and we're going to do some uh, stimulus. And the stimulus comes out. And they come up with this thing called uh, uh, a waiver of affirmative action. And they put this memo out about three or four days before they released the money. And essentially, uh, the banks and all these people, the contractors, they knew that this this was happening. So they just gave this document to back them up. Because they were like saying, well, you know what? We're not even going to see you. Small business, minority business. Uh, uh, even schools and hospitals and the Wall Street and the companies that took that I don't know if it was 3.2 trillion or whatever it was, that money was gone in 48 hours. That's what we know about. Yeah, and so you know, I, I'm trying to rush to get to the American Dream Club, but we had all these things happen that went beyond any concept of a perfect storm, and so we didn't get the stimulus. They came back with another round. We didn't get much out of that, a little bit. 90% of the black businesses that apply for any type of uh, stimulus funding were declined. So that says maybe 9%, 10% got something. Well, of those, that little 10% right there, 90% of them got less than what they were trying to ask for, what they were needing. So then we had that, and then all of a sudden, we're, we're hurting, we're dying, we're sick, we're out of business, we can't get no help. Ain't nobody showing no love nowhere, and all of a sudden here comes this George Floyd stuff. And so under the guise, under the blanket of racial disparity, of racial unrest, here we come with this Black Lives Matter uh, funding, this money. $435 million was given out in almost two weeks. Four magazines trashed it. And so $435 million, well, where did it go? Well, a uh, majority of it went to the uh, NAACP, Black Lives Matter, Urban League, and these corporations were writing checks thinking, oh, man, we, we're concerned. We're going to show our, our uh, empathy and, and, and compassion. We're going to do something. So they wrote a check and went to Black Lives Matter. And shortly after that, it comes out, Black Lives Matter don't even count their own money. It goes to an organization called All Blue. Well, all Blue is the same people as the Democratic Party fundraising machine. So the corporations that were trying to say, well, wait a minute, we weren't trying to get in a political time. And then all of a sudden we wake up one day and here comes Black Business Matters. 
and I mean in reality. It's not an organization. It's not a movement as far as scripted and, and planned out. But that's when we came up with, you said, you know what? Even before COVID hit, black businesses were suffering, but so were Hispanic. I mean, and now we got to count uh, white women and gay and lesbian, uh, 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 LBGT community. They got a chamber of commerce as well. So we were trying to think of a way that even if you knew nothing about any of these entities, these organizations, or about the businesses that are connected to them, but you wanted to do something. So the American Dream Drum was concept to allow for a philanthropic spirit to have some connectivity to the actual people that you were trying to benefit. So, you know, a corporation said, well, I want to do something for black business, but I want it to impact the community. Well, there's no better way to do that than to support an employer, a small business that is providing a service. You know, that we have talked about the wastelands within the community. There's no grocery stores in a lot of these communities, and, you know, where people live, and if you don't have a car, or if you've got to have Uber, or all these different things in order for you to get to a grocery. Otherwise, if you go to the one you can walk to, they got you. You know, you're going to pay uh, $6 for a gallon of milk or something. So I already talked about the American Dream Fund. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just to get your medicine to the pharmacy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you got the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the American Dream Fund was created by myself, a few Chamber of Commerce leaders of the NBCC Federation, and a software company that said, you know what, if you all could have a, a, a button or a brand or somewhere to push, people might give you 5 or $10, but a, a million people might do that. Or they, don't, they don't want to get too personal. They're not black, you know, but they also said they felt sad or sorry to see the George Floyd. And they know, they know that they've seen things happening that are like, ooh, thank God I ain't one of them. Or I ain't getting pulled over. Or, I ain't got to justify why I'm driving a, a, a car that costs over $50,000 or $40,000. Now, don't mention you're uh, an athlete or celebrity or something who's driving something over $100,000. But anyway, it was created for that so that corporations can be philanthropic and donate, or they can even at least put their procurement, their diversity supplier opportunities in this portal, in this system. So it's, it's, it's kind of like an aggregation of malls. So there's each individual chamber, like the, black, uh, like the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce, will have its network. So there could be a business that's right there in St. Louis, or it could be in Louisiana, but somehow connected or affinity with uh, the Missouri Black Chamber. It says, you know what, go ahead, hang my shingle up in this virtual world. Because I was only bricks and mortar. I was on this highway here, and there's so many people that were driving up and down this highway that I could felt if I put a sign out, or if I put somebody doing something, or put my tomatoes, or whatever I'm selling out there on the roadside stand, people would see it and stop. It's the same theory, same concept we're doing but online. And so we have some corporations that are wanting to support and do things, but not necessarily be single toward one particular entity, such as the way Black Lives Matter, NAACP, or even the uh, National Black Chamber, for that matter. And we said, well, you know what, it ain't about us and our name. If you want to give some money, here's a whole bunch of different 
opportunities you have to help people, you can pick the one you like. So if it's crowdfunding, where you got $5, $10, or whatever, 100 500 whatever you want to do, you can see a number of different places you can go and do it. Another version of that is, I'm just going to buy uh, one of these dashikis. That's a, that's a trite ex- uh, uh, example. But people are selling quality products that are cosmetics, hair care products, clothes, shoes, even household items, toothbrushes, other things that you may need. That's where you're going to be able to have some place you can go and find it. We're talking to uh, bringing in other entities to partner with, such as the Black Shopping Network. There's another uh, group out here called the uh, Black Planet, which is owned by the same people that own uh, Urban One and Radio One, um, uh, you know, the, the TV One. And so it's a place, and you can even go there and check it out right now. It's called the American Dream Fund. And there's another uh, place in it that's called the American Dream Marketplace. We have not officially launched yet. We're trying to get our, some of our key chambers in position for that and line up our partners. One thing I want to make everybody aware of is that next week, uh, September 15th, American Express is launching their uh, coalition to back black business, which we're a part of. And this is going to be about $305,000 memberships. We're going to be, uh, I said memberships, scholarships that we're going to be giving out. And it's really just a grant. Go in, fill out some papers, uh, I mean, some, some questions and things online, and you'll be considered for a $5,000 grant. And there'll be links and there'll be things. And I'll give you all the information, and particularly if you know somebody or a business that really is a, is a business and, and either going to reopen or on the, on the fence of staying open or not, this is something they have a good chance of being able to get this $5,000. And we're going after other corporations to match it, to come in and give us more money so we can keep growing the number of uh, grants we're able to give out. So there's a lot of different things in it. The uh, chamber itself, the Missouri Black Chamber, will have its own shopping um, mall or network within there. They'll have events. They'll have other links to resources. And if you're a supporter or business, or let's say you're, uh, uh, who's there, Edward Jones, or somebody's based in uh, St. Louis, or somewhere in Missouri, or even Kansas for that matter, you can buy your little ad on there and say, you know, uh, well, we already gave you a donation. Well, okay, so take an ad. Put your name up here. Just say you support small business, or you support St. Louis, or whatever it is, but you could do that, and there's another way that you can earn revenues off of people that are trying to tell you, well, you know, I gave you a membership. Thank you, we appreciate it, but you know what, you can get a little bit more if you like, because you're sitting on billions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they got money, man. Oh, we know. I know. Wall Street's not hurting. Wall Street is not hurting. Are you kidding? They did this on <laughs> purpose, man. They took it up, made profit, took profit, and then let it crash back down. Is I mean it's like okay well for this holiday and now the summer we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna create some some quick profit here but you know they never they never were hurting they never were they always passed the cost on to the consumers you know but now some of them are hurting now that these black businesses are gone because they were selling a lot of product 
to these black businesses or shall we say through them to these consumers. And when you go down and drive down through the neighborhood, if you can see who's driving or not, and then, you know, in places where you could never find a parking lot, you drive by and say, there's a parking space, there's a parking space, there's a parking space. You can tell something ain't right. Well, well, Chuck, I'm happy to say, as you probably know, that now to the world, okay, we just had up this week already. We already in, we already in, we had some good conference calls, Zoom calls this week, okay, with Chuck and so on. But um, uh, 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 Ronnie and uh, and uh, Sheila, you know, and we are in. You know, we are part of it now, and that's why I think the church, you know, when uh, things come about, we make sure that we're included, and we will be getting more out about this, you know, what we're doing here, because like I said, this is something that's going to affect a whole lot of people, you know, in a whole lot of positive ways. And like I said, as I, as I always said. These are corporations that want to write real guilt checks for like a better description. You know, they should have done this a long time ago, but so much for that. They're doing it now, and that's how they're bound to be. And let, let me compliment you and the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce on your new website. I had just seen it for the first time, the new one, uh, the other day, and uh, I was really impressed. And I'm so happy to see that there's hope. There's a beacon of light that everybody's not going down. Some of us however earnest or humble it may be, are moving up. Mm-hmm. So we're going up too now. We're not just lying down. And that's, that's the spirit that reach out. Just stick your hand up. Even if your head's underwater, stick your hand up and we can see it. We're going to grab you and pull you up. But Chuck, Chuck, Chuck as you know, uh, you know, and I thank you so much for we you. Thank you, sir. Kudos that uh, we launched our radio show six years ago now, back in 2015, and you saw the vision of what we were trying to get done, you know, and uh, and I did talk to our general manager, uh, Scott, who don't, who don't listen to us as about inviting the American Dream Fund to be a part and have a, 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 a link, you know, have a, a site or a show, a program on Fox News, and I'm talking to .com to, to reach out around the world, okay, and, and that's what we like in the comments done. We have got a like a uh, tech, uh, we want those high-tech chambers that, that communicate before this took place with our members you know, using you know, social media. And now, this is ideally for us now. And so I just want to thank you for, you know, for your, your continued, uh, continued, you know, uh, you know, support. You know, that's, that's, we live for it, but you, there's no reward like you get by seeing people as a team work together and, and, and thrive and survive together. You know, I really believe we've seen positivity, you know, within ourselves from the whole uh, Ferguson experience, uh, the knowledge we learned from it, where we were, where we're going, you know, and you guys, the community and certainly Ira with your openness to talk to these candidates you got some nice some nice new uh, uh, incumbent I mean some people have just won their uh, their, their, their their campaigns they've won their elections yes 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 well like we've been blessed okay when, like I said like most of these people uh, I've been my friends for years and that's why I do and I, I mean uh, Elton and I go back I'm trying not to use a, a nickname Elton and I go back <laughs> to about 1976 1970 we, we first met okay and, and through the grace of God, we lived 
and we all been able to go. Uh, a friend of mine told me years ago, our, you know, you could only your friends that you meet that you grow with grown to grow to be important people. So Elsa was one of those important people in my life. He grew up to be a lot of other people that's on my program, a lot of my friends that we that we kind of invite on to the program. And if I can, as we, uh, before I go, I'm talking about Ferguson and some victories. I do would like to uh, say good afternoon and shout out to the new mayor of Ferguson. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, I consider her a friend and uh, oh, pray yes. for her and wish her well uh, in running the city. Uh, and that, and then, you know, another thing that came off from Ferguson is that partly because we now have a new prosecuting attorney in West Vale. Uh, yes. He was on the Ferguson Council um, yes. at the time, and, you know, and was elected. So a lot of things are happening. And, uh, it's a radio station. It's a radio station. It's a radio station. So, so uh, you know, to the, to the police chief and all, and, and just to the Ferguson community, but just all of your listeners nationwide, I really would like to say, you know, no matter where you're at, if you're in the United States, please go ahead and answer the census. Uh, St. Louis, we really need you uh, because we're trying to, uh, some of us are going up, as the gentleman said, and we want to do all we can to help uh, those communities most in need. So please take the census. And Ira, thank you for having me on. Okay, Chuck, send us home. What are your pearls of wisdom? What am I trying to say? You know, let's stay strong. Let's stay focused. Let's not uh, take anything that the media or the news is feeding. Let's not take anything too deep or too serious and use your own best judgment. And let's keep stepping forward. God bless everyone. We thank you for listening. And we appreciate your, your ideas and your communication. God bless. Love
Lord, not only that, but how could you see? The days in my nights, the pains in my life, but now it's all right. Cause you were out for you me. gave me a chance when I had no chance. And when I needed help, you yeah. gave me your hand. So now they need to see just what you mean to me. And if you ever left me.